0: Caitlin Bullock and her team at Enta Solutions have a dream. They aspire to create a better world through business. They're also your corporate culture company based in Calgary. I added a fourth C in there for fun. (laughs) And they're strategically building culture for purpose-driven businesses through process development and social media storytelling. This week in the dojo, Caitlin shared with us How she believes that her company culture was able to help not only get her company to survive through some difficult times, but has now gotten them to a place where they're thriving and making moves in the Calgary scene. Additionally, she may or may not be an expert in the metaverse. Either way, she taught JP and I the process behind buying a condo in said metaverse, and how... You could potentially leverage the metaverse for your business strategy in 2023 and beyond. So let's get into it. Our chat with Caitlin Bullock, co-founder of Enta Solutions. That's not out of the realm of possible at some point.
1: (laughs) You had a goat that lived in your living room, so I did. That so was a. What?
0: How
2: have I known you this long, Seth, and I did not know that.
0: Yeah, well, you know the stories from the farm are uh, that could be a podcast in itself. <laughs> yeah. Uh I'll I'll not get into it right now, but I had a mini goat. We had a, we had a series of mini goats. I don't know why, and one of them was named Merlin, and he lived in the house for a bit. And uh, I'll just.
2: I want to go. I'm a loud one.
0: No, they're great lawnmowers. There's like an actual function. Um,
2: See, I agree. My husband says they're destructive and they'll jump the fence and stand on the cars and
1: do all the crazy stuff. I mean, all of that is also true. <laughs> all, all of these things can
0: be true, right? It's just like, you know, you don't have to mow the lot anymore. That's, uh, that's
2: a pretty <laughs> so good thing. one. Thing
0: done. <laughs> Amazing. Awesome. Well, Caitlin, thank you for joining us today. Uh, you. you are many amazing things, including uh, founder, co-founder. What's the title that you rock with with Enta? Uh, co-founder, co-founder of Enta Solutions. Yeah, which is, I mean, how would you describe it? I think culture-based. You guys do a lot of video work. You work with a lot of a lot of companies around Calgary. Uh, but what's your sort of elevator pitch when it comes to Penta solutions?
1: I like that you said elevator pitch, Seth. I'm going to play some elevator music under that while she was... Yes! <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> we, we are the corporate culture company and we animate business culture. Meaning finally getting it off the wall, out of the handbook and into action. Um, and two ways of doing that for... you know, If you're going to animate business culture, it's got to be in what you say. It's gotta be in what you do. And if those two things don't align you're you're hooped. So we help on the what you do side, making sure your processes are written in a way that actually drives behaviors that align and reinforce your values and then on the communications the what you say side of things that's where video comes in because it's such a good tool to communicate with so we have a whole video team helping companies tell their stories either through social media or their website videos or um, any just sort of video documentation to really pull forward the stories in the soul of the business and help it come alive that's what we get to do and we love every minute of it <laughs> your floor
0: that's amazing a lot of very interesting things right there. The one thing that jumped out at me is you help pull forward the soul of the business, and uh, I don't have a question. I'm just like I really like that. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. What does that look like? I guess how do you how do you know when you've done that?
2: Ah, that's a great that's a great question. You're never done. Uh, mm-hmm. It's a constant practice. It is learning how to to make it a habit, right? And so we help do that. So. Um, yeah, it's what, what the reason why companies care, this is the most important part at the end of the day, like an engaged culture can bring 26% less employee turnover, like 65% greater profits. You're unlocking in crazy productivity, but I can tell you from our own experience, because we're culture gurus and we did it in our own company, uh, it has saved our business twice through these difficult times, like fully saved it. It was on the brink of, of potential destruction and our culture and our people saved it. And I am so blessed for that because any other company who wasn't culture focused, they would have, you know, they would have had to fold up shop. And as a growing scaling company, you're, you're always coming to that edge, right? Until, until you've made it. You know, you're on that you're walking that precipice. So uh, I'm very thankful and grateful for my team and and what they have done to to allow ENTA to be.
1: I also really enjoyed the uh, the soul because I think a lot of times people look at a business as this faceless, almost nameless entity. but it's actually made up of a lot of faces and a lot of yeah. names, and there's a certain thing that develops within that business. I'm curious how often you face the challenge of the the vision, perhaps, of the company not necessarily matching the action of the company or the things that they're currently doing and how how you might overcome that. Because that seems like very much what you described, that you that that's the sort of thing you run into and then you try to marry the right things together.
2: Yeah, uh, 100%. We see it. A lot of times where either they don't have a defined vision and they don't know where they're going and we help them get there or they have this vision and you say, Great, what are you doing to move yourself there? And they went, Oh, like you mean I gotta take specific action? I can't just write
1: these words <laughs> yeah. down and it <laughs> I happens. <can't> just
2: maybe, <laughs> and it just happens. <laughs> and like, hey, there's a lot of power in writing stuff down, but how do you how do you break it into bite-sized pieces? How do you then take it into your business strategy? How do you build it and get everybody rowing? Like. It's one thing for a leader to be like, this is where we're going to be in 10 years, but get everybody helping you get there, right? It's so much more powerful if everybody's on the same bus and helping you get there. And it's a
1: reasonable bus to be on. I think that's the other yeah. thing. A lot of people, <laughs> right. their their vision is quite a vision and maybe isn't, it's a little too aspirational.
2: Sure. And, and I love, I love telling people it's okay to have like, have that vision that gives you that's like the warm and fuzzy tingles. But make sure you've broken it down into like an achievable strategy plan, right? And then you can talk about your like strategic vision and your long-term vision. And I think at the end of the day, if you can't remember your vision, if I like call you at 3am, I'm like, what's your vision? What are your values? And you can't tell me, they ain't yours. Mm-hmm. You know, you literally have to live it, believe it. And everybody does. And so I think that so many people write these big, long vision statements and like, What's your vision? Yeah, I, uh, something about this, you know. And they can't really get to it. Like, what's the point then?
1: Just imagining you calling someone at three in the morning as part of the <laughs> part is of the pop Is that part chat. of your
0: is that part of your coaching package? The three a.m. wake up calls, or like, is that cost extra? No
2: one opts in for that extra. It's surprising. I I really thought it would be a hot commodity. No one wants <laughs> it.
0: I know. I know you're probably up. Then you're a bit of an early riser, as I recall. Yeah. Um,
1: that's not early rising. Let's just. Can we no. pause there for a moment and just talk <laughs> about how 3 a.m. is just like 4:30 ish, 4, 4 a.m. I might even give you, but 3 a.m. is not even early rise. That's a whole separate world. That's
0: just you didn't go to that's, bed. You didn't
1: go to
2: sleep. <laughs> four four thirty is my time. I like to watch the sunrise although that hasn't happened for several hours yeah, now this, like <laughs> six hours later in calgary <laughs> <laughs> it's my manifestation hour you know everybody has to have their manifestation hour where they just sit with themselves
0: i feel that i there was something i wanted to double back on though that you talked about with your company and culture and the earlier days of starting up and how difficult it was and staring down the the you know the brink of of ending the company but you said it was your culture that sort of kept you in it and i think I, I don't know i've never actually done a poll but i believe that some entrepreneurs listen to this show perhaps um and so i'm wondering like if you were to to break that down a little bit what specifically about your culture helped get you through that
2: so um my people are, show up with 110 so part of what helps is like We're in a new age, right? And a lot of people, if they can pay for their bills and their comfort of living, what they want more is connection, right? If you, a lot of companies are like, "Well, I've given you pay raises and all this extra money," and it's like you can't buy joy anymore. So once people have their level of comfort and they can, you know, sustain their lifestyle, they're looking for something more meaningful and deeper. They're looking for connection. They're looking for to be part of something. Um, and I think this next generation coming up, they've got a really good sense of that balance of what they're looking for. And so I've been really blessed to have people who like are very, very closely tied in. What happened to us is we had a cash flow issue and we were going to struggle to make payroll. And, and it wasn't like the cash wasn't coming, but it just wasn't coming for another month. And I had employees say, it's okay, I won't take a pay. I had employees say, don't worry, we won't put expenses in. Like, what can we do to help? How can we help? Let us let us contribute to this. And so um, we were able to sustain that time. I've had, and that's, you know, it's happened a couple of times. I had another, uh, I have an employee and we're not, so we are nine. There is nine of us. We are not big enough to have role redundancy. That means if one of my guys left, I don't have somebody ready to move up into their Spot, you know? And so a lot of small businesses are this way. And a single person leading, especially if they're in a critical role, can demolish the business. So we had uh, somebody approach one of our account managers who runs our entire s- social media division and uh, offered him double and 10 times the benefits. And he came back to us. He's like, uh, you know, and with inflation, I'm struggling. And I said, like, uh, we did everything we could to come up with a counter offer. We couldn't even come close. But we looked at our expenses and we looked and we saw what we could trim and we're like, okay, let's see if we can do this. And we'll come with a counter offer. Because if he left, that would have killed our business. That would have killed that side of our business because we would have had clients leaving by the time we ramped somebody else up to take it over. He took our counter offer and he said, guys, I didn't want to go. I love, I love it. I want to wake up happy every day. And if, I can take this a little bit more and I can live my lifestyle. I just want joy. And that saved our business again. So twice the, you know, the culture and the wanting to be part of this saved our business. It's been incredible journey.
0: That's a great story. I, um, I was just pondering if JP decided to take his spinny dialy skills outside of the dojo, um, We'd be hooped to quote Caitlin. <laughs>
1: uh, I have not had anyone come up to me with 10 times the. I mean, well, I'm open. If anyone I is mean, out there thinking about it, feel free to 10, send me jp at
0: the Go ahead. Uh. 10, 10 times the number is a pretty reasonable number <laughs> at this juncture. Um,
1: I mean ten that, times zero is still zero though, Seth. So right.
0: <laughs> that's true. That's true. That's true. I like that. I, I think it's I think there's a lot of uh merit to what you said about people wanting to feel connected to something. And at some point I, I've read it's like sixty thousand dollars. I think inflation kind of throws that out the, the window. But whatever that number is, that number where you can like sustain food and shelter and like some decent living arrangement there's no association to happiness after that point um but i do think if you belong to something if you're proud of something if you're working in a culture that you know like you're describing that will that will bring you happiness or at least like some level of it more than money
2: yeah absolutely we we see people like all the time take. Pay cuts to work at a company that they like the people and they feel like it's going to have a good culture all the time. Again, I mean significant pay cuts. Once they're past, like you said, that standard of living, like I saw that up to 40%. Somebody took a 40% pay cut to go work for a team that they're excited about. Same job.
1: Yeah, I always think of it from the like volunteerism perspective, right? Like there's a reason why people will go and do what I'm going to call work for free but they will go it's because they believe in it and they get joy out of it. And there's lots of people who will, you know, scrape by I'm air quoting. You won't be able to see it on a podcast, but scrape by uh, financially, but they'll go and spend all of their time and effort and put in hard labor into their passion of volunteering for all of these different companies who just are trying to do the same thing. They're just trying to scrape by and just, do the right thing that they believe in. So I think there's a lot to that.
2: Oh, 100%. And there's this huge, you'll you'll hear two terms, you know, nowadays you've heard about the great resignation, I'm sure. And you've heard about quiet quitting. And I always ask people like, what do you think is worth?
1: I have opinions on the term quiet quitting because I don't think it's new at all. I think it's a thing that's happened for many, many years. And just now people have coined a term to put to it in a particular age. I think it's happened all the time. So the fact that people are in this, what I will call great resignation, because I do think that that's an actual new thing we're experiencing. Uh, I think people, you know, started to work from home or started to find something different in their life as a result of being forced to through the pandemic. And they've realized that the things they thought were important to them before aren't so important to them now.
0: I think, um, I don't know what I think of the term quiet quitting. I do think, I do think that the world is changing and maybe things that were important in the past, like by society at large, like title and pay and, you know, where you were on the corporate ladder and things of that nature, I think are for many less important and don't don't carry the same meaning. And I, I feel like people... It's hard to speak on behalf of all the people, um, but what I'll do so mean, anyway. Yeah,
1: like you're just in this position
2: <laughs> where you don't. On, have a on
0: behalf of, of all Earthlings, <laughs> um,
2: I, not you, Martians. You're out.
0: No, Martians are out. This is specifically Earthlings, probably. Um, but I, I do think purpose matters. I do think, on a personal level, figuring out. What your purpose is is like a journey. I've had a lot of thoughts about this lately, like and I how it kind of relates to this quiet quitting or whatever. How do you determine what your purpose is? Because I don't think it's a simple formula. I mean, I know some people have put some things out there where it's like this is how you figure out what your purpose is. Because, but I think once you start to figure out whatever that is for you, at like let's say ten thousand feet, like I, I like to think my purpose is centered around helping others that doesn't mean that i'm going to like just get a job i don't know at a soup kitchen or something like something very specific that's going to help people but like the manifestation or like how that becomes real can be like so fluid and different and show up in so many different ways but now that i know that about myself now that i know that that's where i want to focus my efforts and helping uh, helping people like starts with helping myself and then i can help others and i think it Just open so many doors in your mind. And I think in the way that the world is now, like you can go make a meaningful difference and not necessarily have to do it the traditional way. And so I think I don't know if it's a combination of COVID or the interwebs or whatever that is sort of opening up these pathways for people to be like, oh, I can actually go do a lot of the stuff I want to do, be compensated for it and not have to do stuff just because someone told me that I had to do it. I don't know about you guys, but that sounds attractive to to me and I think <laughs> many other earthlings. So I don't know. I'm kind of thinking on the spot here, but like, but I, I do think purpose and connection and being a part of something bigger is greater than title pay and uh, you know, what company you work for maybe more, maybe more so than in the past.
2: So back to the original question, is it worse to have, people who are quiet quitting or is it worse to have people leave in droves?
0: i don't know i i think for me running a company if someone doesn't
1: want to be there i would rather that
0: they weren't
2: (laughs) i get that
1: i I, if depending on how you define quiet quitting because i think it's ill-defined and people use Mm. it for pretty much everything but I actually think quiet quitting would be worse. The Great Resignation tells me that there is a massive social thing happening across many industries that is causing people to rethink the way that we run society. And that's one thing. Quiet quitting to me tells me that I've got something going on specifically within my business that's causing people to recognize they don't want to be there. And I've also created a culture where they don't actually want to tell me what that is. And they just want to leave. And that's way scary to me.
0: But what is quiet quitting even though? Like that's the interesting thing. I don't know. Like the definition I read the other day was basically like just doing what you're supposed to do. Like what your job is asking you to do and not all the other stuff. Which so that's, that's why. Yeah.
2: That's, that's my interpretation. Is like you follow your job description to the letter and you don't open your laptop till 8 a.m. And you shut it at 5 p.m. And you put in, you clock it, and you only do your job description to the letter. Where, but I mean, like, people have always actually,
0: been doing that. Like, that's not new. To, I think to your that's point, not, like, that's, that's not. That's not new. They're, yeah.
1: and, and I don't think, like, given all the focus we've had on things like wellness, like lots of organizations are starting to encourage people to do exactly that. Hey, you know, well, what?
0: legally in some places you have to. You know, there, there's there's, well, yeah. there's there's laws that are coming in place around that. So, sorry, Caitlin, I didn't mean to cut you off. If you had that's another. Cool thought there
2: well i was just saying which is fine if your job descriptions cover all the gaps
0: which they never which they never do of course no
2: no and and really like it means that i only care exactly what has been written for me i'm not looking to see how can i support jp as a team member and make sure he succeeds as well what can i do what innovations can i bring to the table like the the amount of potential awesomeness that people hold as an individual and then you put them in a company and multiply that tenfold right because the whole is always greater than the sum of the parts like if you didn't want to unlock that and inspire people to unlock it within themselves like what potential are you missing out on and like so yeah absolutely if you want to have your and that's one way of running a business. People always say to me, like, well, what about, you know, I'm a leader and they should just do what they're told. And sure, that's one way to run a business. There's going to be pros and cons to that. Right? It's just, we're for the people that want to run their business a different way. Culture-focused and people-focused. Purpose-driven, people-centric businesses. Mm
0: Purpose-driven. What is that? What is that? Like, how do you help companies, I guess... Do all companies that come to you have a purpose? I'm an adventure, I guess not. Like, how do you help companies tune into what their purpose is beyond just like selling something?
2: Yeah, that's an emotional journey. <laughs> we, <laughs> we have um, like workshops.
0: Can that be a purpose? Actually, while I'm thinking of it, like, can that be your purpose? You're just, you are there to sell something. Can that be
2: sure. it? Yeah. It, I mean, it doesn't inspire very many people. Just be like, but it, sure, it, it can be. But what we like to get to is the emotional connections, the emotional connection to your purpose, the emotional connection to the vision, not just emotional connections with each other, but like to what you're doing, right? And I mean, it doesn't have to be sexy. Like we can't all be solving the world's greatest problems. We do need to just sometimes sell products, but it's about the company then saying, well, what do we believe and how do we, invest in that so they don't necessarily need to be doing it with their product but they need to be taking what they believe to be the difference they're making in the world and invest in that and show their people and help their people invest in that and get tied to that so that's one way we help create deeper purpose within companies make sense
0: makes sense to me jp pop quiz what's our purpose <laughs>
1: <laughs> we've got over that a few times our purpose and i still think this is true. <laughs> Is to inspire even one person. And I think it's probably gone from if we do a thousand episodes, if we inspire one person, hooray. At, at least
0: one one earthling.
1: One earthling. <laughs> I'll take a Martian. Um, <laughs> but like I think it's probably over time it's shifted from with the show at some point we want to inspire somebody to with every episode we want to inspire somebody to. Like it's just we've gotten much more granular with it, and we're trying to make it I would say bigger in that way. And I still think we, you know, if we were to do our purpose North Star statement, it would still revolve around sharing the stories of others and uh, you know, helping others find success through those who have been successful. I think all of those things still apply. It's not 3 a.m. though. So I, you know, test me at 3 a.m. <laughs> I
2: will. I'm gonna call
0: you up <laughs> Is is this passing the Caitlin Sniff test? Is there anything you're picking up here? Some live uh feedback
2: my feedback on your purpose yeah um I think you're dancing around it I think you're getting close I would challenge you guys to work on making it something that stands the test of time for your for your podcast and something that you both know this is our purpose and you can both recite it like that that you could engrave it on a stone I had I had one colleague they engraved their vision on a stone on a stone, like it was like set in stone, this is what's happening, right and that was kind of their their mantra. so like I would hone in. it's powerful when you have it succinctly stated because you threw everything against it, right? you know are you gonna run another season? Well, how do you feel?
1: like depends are, are you, you asking us at the start of a season or the end of the season <laughs> you be very, very,
0: very careful with that question. <laughs>
2: And then I know you Seth, you and I have talked about this. Like you said, you know, even if we inspire one person, we've won. But like you've definitely inspired one person already. So are you done?
1: Well, I think that's where it's shifted. We haven't revisited that was our that was our opening vision. We've yeah. reached we've we've flown to that north star. And now we need to figure out which star is north of that north star.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah. I have many thoughts. I just thought of the engraved in stone thing and uh when I was in Vancouver, I was like walking down this random street and there's this like old looking like kind of like apartment on it. Somebody had carved in stone, unlimited growth increases the divide. It was just like the most random thing I had ever seen just in like this neighborhood. And I took a picture of it and I was like, somebody like took the time to like have this engraved in stone. It looks like probably like a hundred years ago like that's how much that meant to them. And I don't really know what it means. Unlimited growth increases the divide. But uh I don't know. I just thought it was cool that someone believed so much in a statement that they would have it like engraved on the front of a random apartment building. And like I get what you're saying though. Okay, like you should believe in your statement so much that you would like do that. <laughs> and
2: Right.
0: It might not have all the answers, like that just makes me question it. like I just it conjures up a whole bunch of questions in my head, but I'm like interested in it. Yeah. Anyway, what would you carve on the side of the biz dojo building JP? Well,
1: let me go outside and look. What did I carve? <laughs> <laughs> Unlimited growth. You've been asking me questions. What would you carve? Me? Oh no, I meant Seth. Seth. I'm open. Oh, okay. I'm very open to you too, because you'll probably have a better hey, idea than I
0: thought. Kaylin, <laughs> Caitlin's got some great one-liners on their website. That, I mean, you can just pick from.
2: I mean, our our vision, our, our touchy-feely vision is a better world through business because that's what I believe. I believe that if we create these purpose-driven, people-centric businesses, we're going to create a better world. We're going to unlock innovation that helps with all sorts of um, issues that we're seeing in the world. And it helps us, you know, fill the, fill the divide. Eh, maybe that's that great divide that we're filling. <laughs>
1: You gotta open an office in Vancouver. There's clearly a divide happening there. There's a divide. <laughs> yeah.
0: Too much, too much growth that's created a divide. It's interesting. I, I here's what I know. I know that our, our engraving on the side of the building would have the word inspire in it in some way, shape, or form.
1: That might I be the it, only word that is engraving.
0: It, it might be. I, I do think um the evolution is interesting though, too, because like what started as a podcast with friends and family has grown into something of an octopus with many different tentacles so like how do you how do you capture that now the octopus thing was on purpose so we're gonna um we're gonna dive into that but like how do you like encapsulate that in one sentence and i think to the point i was trying to make earlier around purpose that is coming back up as i say that is like it can change and evolve a little bit like i don't i don't know if you can just like put a statement on it and that statement would be like timeless and stay forever but maybe maybe that's possible once you get like Hone in and get that right statement, which it sounds like you guys have, Caitlin. But like, could that change five years from now, ten years from now?
2: I mean, how we do it might change, the mission might change, Um, the strategic vision might change. Like when I talk about, you know, growth, certain amount of growth and market share of what we'd like to get, that's what I mean by strategic vision. But I think, like, for me personally as an entrepreneur. it is going to be trying to make the world a better place through business. It's going to be unlocking the potential. And what I first said was putting humanity back into business, mm-hmm. right? No more. And we're no, no well. I don't know. So you're gonna love this. You guys are gonna love this. Are <laughs> <Okay>, you ready? <laughs> Me and my business partner Adam are co-authoring a book of um, set in the future, 350 years in the future. And it, it is intergalactical storyline, and it is all about um, how we got so far away of humanity and business. We got so tech advanced that it, everything became a transaction, very transactional. And, and our character actually goes on this epiphany journey by accident and realizes that you could put emotion back into business and put humanity back into business. And he creates a business around it and starts to revolutionize what, what has happened.
1: That ties together so much of our... Con- the Star Wars piece, the vision piece.
2: The- <laughs> <laughs> the we, we, realize, we realize there's a very small niche market that's going to buy this book, but that's okay because we're writing it for ourselves.
0: <laughs> I, I could vibe on that topic, all the writing it for yourself thing. I'm a big subscriber of uh, some of the Rick Rubin videos and theories where he talks about as creative... Whatever you're creating, you should create it for yourself. Because as soon as you start creating for other people, like it's never as good. And that's really what JP and I have done this season. Is like, F- it. We're just going to create shit that we like. And I used all the. You can <laughs> all that out if you want. JP,
1: you used all the words, all, all. the words.
0: <laughs> but I and I'm I, honestly, I find that I'm enjoying it more because we're just getting back to what we started out doing, which was to have fun. Connecting with people, sharing their stories, and hopefully inspiring someone along the way, and not trying to be anything else. And in that, I think that's where our sort of magic touch comes out.
2: I think you just hit a little bit on your purpose there.
1: It's just really long to engrave on our building.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, masonry. Like,
1: I don't know if you've ever tried masonry <laughs> before, but
0: yeah, that's gonna take forever. <laughs> um. Okay, octopus. Um, so while I was on my way home today, I came across this delightful album. Do you guys know who John Craigie is? Uh, he's like a folk singer and he redid all of Abbey Road, all the Beatles songs from that album. And then he like talks about where, what they were all like, where they all came from. It's really, really good. I highly recommend it. And, uh, so it was sticking in my head, the octopus song, which it turns out was, (laughs) this, this was actually written by, uh. Ringo, and he only wrote two songs in the entire Beatles catalog, and that's one of them. Um, and there's a cool story on that that you can check out. But, Caitlin, tell us about the Enta Octopus. Is that what you, what is his name? There it is. Okay.
1: <laughs> for, for all the listeners, there it is. Yeah,
0: there, it is. there he, he the, it, I don't know. There it is.
2: There it is. Oh, there it is. Okay. It is called the Entopus.
0: The Entopus. Okay. The
2: Entopus. And there's a great story behind this. We, um, one of our uh, our second employee ever, she was taking a course and she, she wanted to use us as a, a guinea pig while she was taking the course. And they were talking about creating a kind of like a mascot or a representative of the company in sort of like a char- character, right? And so she was doing this and uh, we work on some software where I can jump in and see what she's doing and vice versa and um, kind of like collaborative. And so she was designing what the perfect, enta employee would look like and she threw an octopus in as a placeholder well i jumped in on her work and i was like oh my gosh i love it i love the octopus because an octopus has seven brains and three hearts and i was like that's us like like smart and flexible and dynamic and like super caring like that is who we are that's who we look to work with and work for And, and she's like oh okay that was a placeholder cartoon okay let's go with it (laughs) and so it became this thing so she actually mailed without telling us she mailed out um adam and i these little stuffy octopuses and they're the ones that flip inside out because they're not always happy because they're real you know um and we fell in love and so we started taking pictures with them like in different areas or every time we go out. And well, it kind of became this thing that now we go out to clients and like, uh, excuse me, did you bring the antipus? Like, where's my picture with the antipus? And now it's become this sort of like animal <laughs> in itself. <laughs> and uh and and now it's part of our onboarding journey. So we have a very um like structured onboarding journey that they go through this emotional journey with us. But at the end of three months, when they were done their three month probationary period essentially, they get a little antipus and then they start taking pictures of it and like telling stories about it and stuff like that. So it's been this cool way of connecting and yeah, really, really neat. Even when external clients can recognize it, you know, like they're not even in our company and they're like, where's the antipus? I love that makes my day.
0: So the antipus is, is, is like a mascot slash. You have been dabbling or are an expert. I don't know which. We're gonna go with expert in the <laughs> NFT slash metaverse space. And I want to dive into this, but what you know, hard-hitting questions. Tell us what is what is the metaverse and how can businesses use it? Uh, maybe for starters, and then maybe we'll dive into the Antipas and the whole NFT thing. And whether that's just a giant scam or actually a thing, (laughs) I'm totally open-minded and would love to learn from you.
2: I am no expert. (laughs) I am dabbling. But I feel like there's a lot of us still dabbling at this point, right? Like it hasn't Mm -hmm. been around um, long enough for us to even have fully comprehend what it could totally do. Mm. So every it's a lot of hypothesizing, um, but the so we talk about the metaverse so I really like it's all Web three things we're in Web two right now, and Web one was the original state. So Web one was really your static URL websites. Web two, all the social platforms, interactions, you know, passing of analytics where like you know Google's listening, and all of a sudden there's you know. Ads coming up for blow up beds because you searched it once, right? And that's what you have on your ad feed. And there's this sort of. Somebody we'll skip else the owns part where you
0: like think of something and then it's on your phone. Um, is that mm-hmm. web three?
2: <laughs> that's web two. So okay. you don't you don't own the data. You don't own all of it. They're scraping data and it's being sold in the background, and um, it's all social media that somebody else controls, right? We call it the. Um, the Thanos snap. You guys watch? <laughs> you know who I'm talking about? Yep. You watch Guardians <laughs> of the Galaxy? Well, like Thanos snaps, and like half the population is is gone. Right? Um, somebody else holds the keys to the kingdom. If Facebook or Instagram or TikTok snaps their fingers, you're deplatformed. Mm-hmm. Your connections, your reach, your ability to have your say, whether it's your business or just your personal brand is gone. Somebody else owns it. Web three is now, and the metaverse is looking at owning your own data, controlling your own data. And it's like for us, by us. And that's where the cryptocurrency comes in, where it's not controlled. There's no, there's no thing with the the gauntlet ready to snap and, and pull it from underneath of you. scary because you're trusting people to own their own and giving them a voice no matter what. So there is some fear around that. And I totally get it because we haven't figured out how that's going to look yet. And so, but that's kind of like the web three metaverse worlds kind of summed up really quickly. Now I am, like I said, I am not an expert. There's people out there who know a whole lot more than me, but where I get excited about it is a lot of the, the metaverse and web three and the NFTs are about community. They're about building a strong network of people who want to support each other. And that's what I love about this next phase coming up. You look at um, Gary V, Gary Vaynerchuk and his V friends and the community he's built. is huge. He says, Hey, everybody jump on and do this. And he literally has 40,000 people jump on and do it. That is power. Like that is a community of people who just like, trust absolutely in what he's doing and saying. And so that's where this Web3 world is really cool because they're really focused on that. Now, people, you wanted to like say, okay, NFTs, are they a scam or whatever? Some are. Yeah. They're 100%. It's driven by people. There'll always be anything. How, do you, that how is- do you
0: know when it's not a? How do you, how do you, you know, if someone doesn't know anything other than, hey, NFTs, I mean, there's lots of ways you can research it, but like, how do you know something is like legit or has a value to it? That's where I get.
2: Not everything does have a value to it. Right. Um, DYOR is like a big term in the Web3 community. It's do your own research, which means like, well, how, how do you know? Well, in the NFT world, you have NFTs that are just art, just like a Picasso. It has value because people want it, Mm -hmm. right? There are those that don't have any utility behind them. It's just valuable because people want it. And it does nothing but it's it's art that's okay why people buy art because they like it It resonates with them there are a lot of nfts that are built for gaming and then they have value of it because you get people bought into the game right and they're like game cards or they're game tokens and you can play in a game and it's part of a gaming community and then there's nfts that are essentially for all intents and purposes like buying shares in a company is the best yeah. way i could relate to it you don't know if that company is going to be successful you're taking a gamble you're taking a risk you're giving them your money and hoping that they make something epic with it right and so like you have these nfts where they build amazing communities behind it and just by owning that nft you get access to networks into groups into opportunities into other things that are just going to take your life to the next level um, so it, it actually is opening a lot of doors, you know, and, and it connects you into these communities, like pre-built communities. We're, we're super excited. One of our NFTs is an Ethereum tower, and I'm looking forward to uh, they're building our condos. They should be in the metaverse space. I should be getting my metaverse condo there, right? And with thousands of other people who are part of this community, like we'll all be living in the same condo building in the metaverse. Right. And that's so cool because now it opened up, up opportunities to walk down the hall and knock on the door and be like, hey, want to chat about business? What a great network to plug into. And that's really what it is, It's the power of connecting. That's what I like about it. But you don't know. <laughs>
1: well, I feel like people are scared of it a lot of times mm-hmm. because it's the intangible. Right. We're now entering a, a space where you're not paying for something and getting some piece of art that sits on your desk. You get a digital copy of a piece of art and then people say, well, what, what does that actually mean? What does this, you know, this other person can have a copy of it and I have a copy of it. I just have the NFT copy of it and they have their own copy of it. Like, what does it actually mean? So it gets confusing for people, I think.
0: That's no different though than like having an original Picasso in a print.
1: Agreed. I just, I'm just saying like, like it's the tangibility or lack of tangibility of the items i think is really hard for people to comprehend like especially when you're saying something like living in a condo like that's i feel like that's a an ultimate example because people are like well you're not actually living in a condo and you're like well i do like it's a dedicated <laughs> space that i own that i am a part of the network and the community and it is no different it's just in a digital space instead of a physical space
2: it's just perception uh huh It can all be digital. Like you've seen Ready Player One. And if you haven't, go watch Ready Player One. It's a great storyline and it's like not too hard to watch or to, but that essentially people live in that movie, people live in the metaverse. That's where monetization happens. That's where their currency is. Their currency is in the metaverse. All their purchases are through there. All our purchases right now, like I would say I would good, a good 70% of our purchases in North America are digital.
1: Yeah, people are in the metaverse and they don't know it. Right? Their wallets in the metaverse.
2: <laughs> well, well, you're yeah, you might not be operating on cryptocurrency, but you're essentially sending a digital contract that you put this money in somebody else's digital bank. The money's not physically there. If you ever tried to go take out your money from a bank, like all of it, best of luck to you. <laughs> You can't do it. I could probably do it. They won't let you. (laughs) (laughs) If I show up in a bank, they'd be asking me where's their money? (laughs)
0: Um so I guess if you're a startup business or you're like a a, a smaller business, like how do like how do you see companies being able to use the metaverse slash NFTs to their advantage? In, in, let's just say like the next year, like if you're heading into 2023 and you're doing a bit of a strategy ideation session for your business, like how can you use these tools?
2: I'll think about how you build value to your network already. And what does it mean to be a part of your network already? How could you put utility behind that? So if you're a, a company that um, you know, already does that, Like if you're, you're like, oh, this is what we do for our clients. And if you're one of our clients, you know, this is the experience you have and you're already technically doing, it You just don't have a picture at the front of it. Could you unlock even greater potential with that? I love the example of concert tickets, right? To be able to say, okay, if you hold this many NFT concert tickets, because they're uniquely identifiable, every concert ticket has a number on it, right? But if let's say for everybody who bought your first 10 tickets, in the first 10 shows you ever played, got an exclusive VIP experience like with you, that would be... You could drive the sales up of those specific tickets like crazy, right? Because now you're building something and you can... Once they hold it, they hold it. You can continue to build utility behind it and make the value of it go up. So if you're a dedicated business person who is just like, yeah, and we can build this and we can build this and you get it done. Man, the power to build utility behind those and drive the value up is huge, just like driving your own stock value up is the capability, right? So there's lots that, that companies can look at doing, right? If you hold that NFT or if you hold that token, the power of it would be great.
0: So, JP, as we strategize for 2023
2: <laughs> <laughs> and settle on our vision that we
1: will put on a rock,
0: <laughs> not any rock, <laughs> on a building, um, and then We could we could build some NFTs and buy a condo in uh,
1: the metaverse. (laughs) Would that building also have our
2: strategy? You could put your purpose on it. Yeah, your strategy on it. (laughs) But imagine how cool would that be? You guys throw on your VRs. You get your guests to throw on a VR, and you actually walk them into the dojo. And there's like an experience that they have, and you know, and you're all there in this like metaverse real. System, it would feel and look really
1: cool. I don't know what you think our budget is <laughs> Oculus for every guest that comes on. Might be out of range for us.
2: You, uh, you might not have to supply it in the next ten years, right? Everyone might have. It, it
0: might be a twenty twenty-five. I, I do think so. Here's here's my one like <laughs> thing that I think about. I think about a couple of things, but this pops in my head. Is like even that example of hey, let's all meet in the metaverse. If nobody has the tech. Not nobody, but like to find all the people with compatible technology is exceedingly difficult or like, Hey, get our NFT. Then people are like, where do I get an NFT? It's like a whole, there's still like such an education slash like catch up process of people even getting the stuff.
2: Big time. Big time. There's such, there's such a gap right now. And the learning curve is intense. And like, you know, we, we joke amongst the community, like, you haven't really played in this until you got scammed or until you lost some money or until you've really been burned. But that's what it means for early adoption. Like you're the guys figuring it out. You're you're, you know, you're panning for gold.
1: <laughs> right? Yeah, you're the you're the ones who bought the the first TV, but there's actually no stations yet broadcasting <laughs> for your TV. And you're like, this will be cool in 20 years.
2: <laughs> but it's gotta start with that, right? And those are the people mm. like. I always say to people, if you want to play in this world, make sure you're not like, do not bet your house. It is like, make sure it's play money. Make sure it's you know you're okay if you lose. Be okay to lose. Um, but yeah, the the first thing you want to do is learn all about how to protect yourself and what you need to do to protect yourself and what securities and scams are out there. That's the first research you do, and then like yeah, play it safe, but don't be afraid to lose because it's so new right we're still we're still learning
0: are, are, are you guys getting into the condo development space in the metaverse is that part of the end uh, strategy go forward or you're just you're just in the rental market right now uh, we
2: just we just bought a we just bought a condo like i don't even know i honestly i haven't jumped in the community in a while but they've got like cool little things happening like there's a good gardening community at our condo building there's a a pets community there's a workout gym where people talk about all their workouts and stuff like that and so I don't know. I don't know if that if it's gonna to come to fruition. I'm I'm just banking on it. I like I like that. Do they do the
1: same like we're gonna build a condo building pre-sale thing where, <laughs> and then you have to wait months for the actual thing to be built before you can move that's in?
2: That's what this NFT is, it's all pre-sale. Oh they haven't they haven't built it. They haven't built it yet. Like the they're supposed to get it connected into the metaverse so I can throw my Oculus on and walk around my condo in twenty twenty three. I pre-bought.
0: And can you, could you like play this episode of the biz dojo, like in the, like in there, like, could it just be playing?
2: If you wanted to guys, you could build your metaverse so that, yeah, people could walk into a, like a sound pod and all of a sudden the, the, the show starts playing and it starts recording. Like, you know, you could have it such that when they walk into this certain area, a new one starts playing, you could make it super interactive, right? It could be a lot of fun.
1: Got to link into the speaker system of the so, condo building so that people are just always, <laughs> always listening
2: to the Biz Dojo, <laughs> right? But but like how what a cool offering you could give to the condo group but hey you guys we have a we have a condo in Ethereum Towers it's the Biz Dojo come by sign up right and get get interviewed but like you've got a whole plethora now of people who are going to tune in listen in help support so it just it's a matter of just building community that's what it is I love it. But yeah. No, I physically don't have anything right now. <laughs> I ha- I have a little NFT picture of a card that says I own an apartment. That's it. It says my apartment. So this, this,
0: this could be a
2: scam. Possibly. Could be. Could be. I got to um, see them speak at uh, the NFT gathering put on by NFTZ Studio uh, here in Calgary. And so like I know there's a physical person behind the project and I know other people with apartment buildings in it so it's not like it's
1: no it's not like a run or like a fly by night. It's just they're just yeah yeah they're just still pouring all the ones and zeros <laughs> for the foundation.
2: Yeah. <laughs> the ones, yes, it's not easy, you know? Especially when winter slows <laughs> like, down. Yeah, it's,
1: <laughs> yeah. re, it's real tough in the winter. <laughs> <laughs> the cure time on those ones and zeros it's takes just crazy.
2: I just see if I can pull it up here. Um I can let you know how many people are in the Ethereum towers. Ten thousand members wow
1: that's a small condo
2: (laughs) it's the metaverse we don't have to obey the laws of physics it's really cool and so like there are announcement groups there are like you can go into the lobby the lobby is where people just hang out and have a chat and talk and network and stuff like that you can go into specific groups like the the movie theater the gym uh the dj booth where you talk about music you connect on like the library the bistro all of that so like they've created all so what i'm looking at right now guys is um just their um discord channel so all the connection is happening right now like in the discord channel and but when they build it we'll physically be able to go into these rooms and physically be able to see people so it's
1: is that the future? I bet you they don't have a business.
0: Well, is you, that the <laughs> is that the future of Zoom meetings? Like you would just go in, everyone has their Oculus on, and they're like in the room.
2: Wouldn't it be fun? Yes, I hope so. I hope that that's the future. So many people are going <laughs> to get hurt in their houses walking
1: around the table with their Oculus on. I might
0: start like a, a third party
1: liability company for Oculus injuries. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to start a little paramedic company.
2: The exact same thing it could be cool it could be cool the future could look very neat but as long as we keep the connection and keep it all about genuine authentic connection i think is where it's gonna be important
0: couldn't agree more one last question i can't guarantee that's the case but i'm pretty sure it's my last question (laughs) um and you know into solutions you know obviously that people know where they can find out more about you but i'm curious like what is your ideal client to work with? I
2: love that question. Thank you. We have three unique filters that, you know, most people are like, oh, this size of company and this much revenue. What we look for for our kind of people is that they want to profit through purpose. So they're, they're purpose driven, whether they've defined it or not, but it's in their heart, right? Um, they believe in their people first. They understand that their people are their greatest asset and they have to have that belief at the leadership level or it'll all fail and then the last thing we look for is that they don't mind stepping outside of their comfort zone. I like I hate to use the word disrupt because it's been so overused, but they're okay with doing some trying new things and stepping outside of their comfort zone and and iterating to success because that's what a lot of what we have to do is, right? It's, you're never going to get it perfect and you're never going to be perfect in culture. You're going to make mistakes as a leader and you just have to be willing to show up, try again and reflect and keep trying so we look for those kind of mindset people for our target clients they align really nicely with us and then it becomes more like a partnership than it does like client you know consultant relationship it just becomes become a support network really for them the uh you know size of clients if we're getting into that kind of target i would say our sweet spots the medium-sized businesses 60 people like you know Anywhere from 5 to $10 million in revenue is a great, their prime. Um, We were doing it for smaller businesses, but it it is a lot for them to take on. We do have packages for smaller businesses so that they can get started and they can do some of it themselves and we give them some coaching. But uh, yeah, typically for our packages, that that size company is ready for us.
1: Seth said one more question, but uh, I know as soon as he said that, I knew he was lying, because there's at least two more questions on our way out. One of those <laughs> questions that we have been asking.
0: I, I said it was my last question. I didn't... You know, okay. so here I, was, my I wasn't speaking on behalf of all of the earthlings in that moment.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I just assumed you always spoke for all of the earthlings. Uh, <laughs> no, but one of the questions that we've been asking everyone uh, on the way out is uh, about, you know, We've, we've kind of gotten more of a chance to start back to traveling and experiencing life again. So where, uh, where's somewhere you've been in the last year or so that uh, has been particularly inspiring or, uh, or is a, a good story about a, a travel that you have enjoyed in the last year?
2: Honestly, I haven't been anywhere except for back to Ontario in the last year for either work or just quick visit with my family. Um, but on my travel bucket list for 2023 to celebrate my husband and I's 10 year anniversary. We never had a honeymoon. We're going to Italy. And so we're planning that and we're going to do Rome and like Southern Italy down the Amalfi coast. And yeah. So I'm going to ask me that in eight months.
1: <laughs> well, we'll have you back on. We'll have all new, we'll, we'll find out about your condo. And, yeah. Uh...
2: We should, we should meet in my condo. Mi condo es
1: Do we get Oculus? have some expenses.
0: <laughs> My son really, really, really wants an Oculus, so maybe we'll have one by then. It's
2: fun. And a new insurance
1: plan. And a new insurance
2: plan. No, no, no. They've got a safety... So, like, have you guys used Oculus before?
1: No.
0: No. no okay.
2: You draw a safety perimeter.
0: Like with chalk? Or, like... No.
2: No, in the metaverse. So, like, when you put on the, <laughs> the Oculus, it covers your eyes, but there's cameras externally, so it looks like you're looking through the Oculus. You can see your whole room. Mm-hmm. You see where everything is. So you draw your safety perimeter, and if you get close to your safety perimeter, it flags you and it turns on the cameras externally, so you see your room again. It's so those people that pe-
1: just try to like run. They're like, oh god, <laughs> there's something, and they turn and run right away. That yeah. none of that applies.
2: The, yeah, the, the, the reaction time is only as. As good as you are, <laughs> you <laughs> ran past your barrier into the wall. Then you're kind of yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's fun, though. I love it. It's so much fun. It's a good workout too. I use it. I use it a lightsaber favorite one.
1: Great. <laughs> and if uh if people are looking to reach out and get a hold of you, talk to Enta Solutions. Where uh, where can we go to do all those things?
2: Yeah. Entasolutions.org is our website. Find me, Kate Bullock, Caitlin Bullock, on LinkedIn. Um, Kay Smith at Entasolutions.org. Send me an email. Happy to connect, happy to network, and happy to talk culture all day long, even in the metaverse.
0: Awesome. Caitlin, thank you for dropping by virtually. Next time, we will consider doing this in the metaverse. Um, <laughs>
2: Thank you so much for having me, guys. It's been an absolute pleasure.